tell me, Callie, about the story that you told me. I'm assuming you can't get arrested now. So we started booking down through the woods, sprinting out the driveway, get in the car. We got in the car, had just pulled out and saw the fire truck <gasps> coming in. No. And then after the fire truck, a little while later, we passed a police car also coming in. <laughs> Jump in with both feet. Go big, follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wady, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning. Alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. We're live. You know what I <laughs> We live our life live. <laughs> I do have something to tell you that um, because it, we picked you up in that airport in that sweater. Yeah. And you know the first thing I thought? <laughs> you look like one of those little fuzzy caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice, isn't it? And that's how the America trip starts. <laughs> Here comes my friend who looks like a fuzzy caterpillar. <laughs> well, nice. that was after... Do I really? That was after, I think at least two circles of the airport trying to locate you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I was expecting you to walk into the lounge to collect us. I'm sat there like, well, she'll be here in a minute. You're like, yeah, no, I'm driving around the perimeter. Of, Do you know how big Philadelphia Airport is? Honestly, it is really big. It's American it's service for you. Yeah, I was expecting more. I'm famous, don't you know? <laughs> So I just had so much fun last night. Callie introduced me to my first American fire pit. And what are they call? S'more. 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 S'more, no, s'more. not plural. A s'more. Well, there's s'mores because you rarely eat one. True. But singular would be a s'more. True. So I had the job of being Callie's assistant. We had our clients all around the fire pit. And... Callie is one of these people who is so brilliant at teaching, but outside of her lessons, she mostly communicates with telepathy. <laughs> You're just supposed <laughs> to know what she wants. <laughs> so she's like, are you ready? And she comes towards me with this like prong that looks like heated up devil horns, waving a melted marshmallow at me, shouting, are you ready? I didn't know whether to open my mouth or burn my fingers. And then everyone else in the, fire, in the fire circle shouting at me, are you not ready? I'm like, ready for what? And I'm holding a piece of chocolate in my hands because someone exactly. said chocolate's in it. You already had your grimy hands in the chocolate bar, so I assumed <laughs> that you were preparing it for the s'more. And what the hell's a graham cracker when it's at home? Oh, my God. Yeah, digestive. Digestive right? biscuits. <laughs> you know, it's the right thing to say. But I must admit they were tasty. They were tasty when I finally got one because she dropped the first one in the fire. <laughs> the second one, I wasn't ready, so it melted off completely. Third one, you burnt. Yeah, but it tastes better with that little bit of carbon around the outside. Just a little black and a little crispy puts the right flavor into the s'more. That's what every man says at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Everything tastes better burnt. <laughs> Oh, but we've had so much right, fun, you, haven't we? You got the hang of it. I think by the fourth one, 
I could hold it steady. You would just come with the crackers. I was ready. We were like a production line. Yeah. There's something about being outside though, isn't there? Like outside, watching the stars, round a fire, sharing stories. I mean, it was hilarious. Tell me, Callie, about the story that you told me. I'm assuming you can't get arrested now. To do with paper bags and your neighbours. <laughs> I'll <laughs> throw you under the bus. Well, I can't be around fire without this one coming back into my mind. So when I was about 16, we were all in 4-H. This is what 4-H kids do. My hooligan group of friends and I thought that it would be really fun to take a paper bag, fill it with horse poop, <laughs> put some gasoline on it so that it would burn well, because we knew about fire, and put it on our friend's porch and light it on fire. <laughs> and we thought it would be hilarious. We pictured she would come out, she would kick it, she would get horse poop all over her foot. Instead, what happened is we used a rather large bag. So that meant that the flames went rather high. And and most of your houses are wooden, have wooden porches. Yeah, we didn't think that far. No, clearly. <laughs> so so we, we ran up, we put this thing on, we got it lit, we ran back in the woods. We're all, there were three of us. <laughs> we're all there crouched in the woods watching, laughing hysterically like silent laughing. How big was the fire at this point? It was like 18 inches high. It wasn't super high, but it, it wasn't the kind of fire that you would just kick. No. And I think we also failed because we used dry horse poop. Oh my which God. Which is a bit flammable Fuel. as well. People are making fire bricks out of horse poo, so that stuff goes. <laughs> that shit flies. <laughs> so we were sitting there, we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, our laughter started to die down because I think it, I had this one friend, Emily, who she was, she was the smart one between the three of us. <laughs> she was the one that finally thought, you this is going a little long. This isn't feeling, this isn't the feeling. The porch like is on guy. fire. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to get out of here because we'd parked our car at the end of the driveway. It was like a long driveway going up into this friend's house. So we started booking down through the woods, sprinting out the driveway, getting the car, we got in the car, had just pulled out and saw the fire truck <gasps> coming in. No. And then after the fire truck, a little while later, we passed a police car also coming in. <laughs> so all hell had broken loose. That family thought they were like under attack by an arsonist. Realistically, nice. when at midnight you look out your front porch and there's a rather large fire burning on your porch. That's intentionally been put there. Been put that there. is going to make you shit yourself, yeah. to be fair. The things that you don't consider when you're 16 years old. Yeah, I mean, it, the plan was solid, I think. However, you maybe didn't anticipate the results. Did you get in trouble? Well, you know, we stayed silent for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> nice fessing up then. It wasn't me. It was her. It was Emily. <laughs> and then I don't remember who was the first to break. It was not me. <gasps> But someone, someone broke to their parents, and then it went around to all of them. Oh, parents. of course it did. All and hell broke loose. We all had to go and make our confession. <gasps> Not the walk of shame. Oh, the walk no. of shame. The phone call of shame, actually, I think is how it went down. How did they receive that? Did they make you, like, really squirm? You know, they received it very graciously. Wow. They, they gave us what we were due, which was you know, the, the guilt was due, yeah. but, um, 
But yeah, they they took it graciously. But the friendship was forever changed. Yeah, yeah, they're like, no, they are the weirdos. Do not go around with those lost children. Um, I have a funny fire story that I've just remembered. In England, we have a thing called Boxing Day. And it's not the day you all punch the crap out of each other. It's the day after Christmas. It's called Boxing Day. And we were due to go off to a family gathering and we lived in the countryside and we had a multi-fuel stove like that was our heating and we used to put these coal things on there and anyway we had to change it take the ashes out and we had a wooden fence that went right round our garden so Chris was pulling out the ashes oh no it was me it was my fault actually I pulled out the ashes and I threw them on the ash pile But as usual, I was rushing, not really paying attention, in my pyjamas, not ready to go yet, run out with the ashes, throw them on, walk away, come out with some more and realise the fence was on fire. And it was going. And we had pine trees all around our place. So there's all like the pine needles. and They go up quick. They go up quick. Have you ever lit an old Christmas tree? Yeah. They go up real quick. They go. Those buggers burn. So I was like, oh, shit. Oh no, oh no, oh no. So I ran back in and said to Chris, the fence is on fire. So he's coming out and he's trying to put it out and he yells back, I hate to say this, but we're going to need the fire brigade. It's like, okay. So I rang the fire brigade and they come quick in England. Back then they did anyway. Chris is out there. (laughs) Chris is out there trying to bash down the flames and all that. I'm inside aware that I'm in my pajamas and all the firemen are coming and they're probably quite hot. So I'm like, well, (laughs) screw the fire. I'm getting changed. (laughs) Chris is yelling, where are you? I'm just getting water. And I'm quickly getting changed. And I came out with a saucepan full of water, completely changed and my hair brushed. And he just looked over and he was just like, are you kidding me? And with that, the fire brigade came in through the gate. He has never let me live it down. He said, don't ever let me be in a house fire, God forbid, with you. So was there was there anyone that, had you not been with Chris, you might have gotten a D? Maybe. There was two I went to school with. <laughs> I think all firemen are hot. There's just something about them, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I don't know why we didn't consider that. We probably could have played it. We could have turned around and came in behind them and said, we're just, we're stopping in for a visit. We, we saw this we help? coming up. We thought there might be a problem at your house. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is too funny. <laughs> Yet another limitation of 16-year-old minds. Yeah. Yeah, you obviously didn't quite get that together. Brilliant. Love mm. it. So we're here. We're recording this in what, what was my childhood bedroom, actually, mm. because we're back here at the farm. And I lived in the basement, Um, so there's no windows, just a very small window well. And the lighting is terrible. It's kind of this white, what did you say? An insurance office lighting? (laughs) Like an insurance (laughs) office with like the yellowing plastic light things. And they don't all work, so it creates this really weird shadowing effect all around the room. I'm going to be honest. The first time I came here and we were filming my online course... And you said you're going to stay in the basement at Caitlin's. I was like, okay, no problem. I got to the kitchen and then there's like this freaky trapdoor thing. And down I go. 
I was so scared. I was so scared. We don't have basements in England. We don't have this whole thing. And honestly, it is just like something out of a horror movie where you come down these creaky wooden stairs into this basement. And I'm like, how well do I actually know these people? Like, am I going to be kept down here for the next five years? It freaked me out. And when I'd come in at night, I'd have to get down the stairs and then across to this bedroom through this like shady, sketchy, I'm going to die area of the basement. It's horrendous. Well, you got to describe this trapdoor because this trapdoors aren't very common in houses these days. Well, no, who needs a bloody trapdoor? <laughs> of course they're not. Oh my God, let me just lift my trapdoor. And I point out there's two. You've got one in the bedroom bit and one out in the other freaky bit. Well, you need multiple escapes. Oh, now but I can't this, sleep tonight. This trapdoor. Oh, God. It's not just a normal trapdoor because the thing is it's huge. Only bolts from the outside. Like the, have you lifted it? Have you had to open it yet? No. You got to really put your back into it. I've said it. she can't shut it. I'm like, no way are you shutting that trapdoor with me downstairs. Well, you can't open it from the inside. It weighs so much. It's very. You can't push it up. You got to start. You grab the little brass handle and you got to get into a good squat. And then you just got to put your back into it, heave it up, and then it's got a chain that wraps around that brass handle. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> I'm going to the Holiday Inn. I'm not staying here anymore. Oh but I, I have a very memorable story of being in here. I remembered as soon as I came down. So my bed used to be here, like against this wall, the other way. And I was, this is probably like 17. So this would be a little bit after. I was a bit more matured after the the other incident, the poop incident. But not much. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> and uh, it was early in the morning and I was sleeping. And uh, my parents used to travel a lot. So from yeah. the time I was about 15, I would have long stretches of time that I was just, I had the place to myself because my parents were out. They were Home traveling. alone at 15. Yes. Potentially illegal, just saying. <laughs> But okay, you survived in your basement with your trap door. Jesus, what a, what a conventional upbringing. <laughs> Rules in Pennsylvania are a bit different. Clearly. <laughs> so, so my parents were gone. And early in the morning, I woke up to the door opening. Not the trap door. The trap door I had left open because I had come down the night before. When you wouldn't be able to get out. <laughs> I heard the front door opening. And... I lay there in bed for a moment thinking that maybe it was just my imagination and then I heard footsteps coming and scraping (laughs) oh my god because you know you stayed now here you can really hear yeah I won't be staying here another night I can tell you that for nothing (laughs) so I heard these footsteps coming across and for a few moments I froze and then I started thinking what should I do I need to be able to defend myself when whoever, because it seemed like they were on a mission. They weren't just like creeping around the house. They were headed straight towards the trap door. You could tell by the direction of the steps. So I was looking around. My heart rate's gone up. And I, you're in, you're in America now. So you should be familiar with Jack Daniels whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, the big bottles, Bottles. it's like a gallon of Jack Daniels. Oh yeah. If you twatted someone with that, it would hurt. So I had one of those. Yeah. And it was almost full. Um, Well done at 15. I thought... (laughs) Clearly not in England. (laughs) I think it was a new bottle. So I thought, okay, this is the most suitable weapon that I have. So I got up because I was over there by this door. 
and I stood here with my bottle. <laughs> she's currently squatting <laughs> against the wall, looking like she's playing imaginary baseball. <laughs> I figured that as soon as they would throw open the door, I would bash whoever it was on the head. I would be okay. You'd have killed them. Maybe, oh my God, is there a dead body down there? <laughs> <laughs> he wondered what the stink was. I heard, I, heard, I heard them coming down the stairs. And then I had another insight that maybe it would be better if I pretended I was still sleeping in my bed. Or dead. And then I would have the opportunity to see who it was in the moment before I thrashed them with the bottle. <laughs> so I, so I, I, wait, I got I under the covers. The airport, please. I, I waited under the covers. I had my bottle ready to go. And I, I heard the person coming across there, down the stairs, across, door open, and in walks my boyfriend at the time. Oh my god! But like, actually, very new boyfriend. I think we well, had been we had been dating knock. maybe a few weeks, and he was kind enough that he had come over and brought milk. Oh, because the, the evening before, I didn't have any milk in the fridge. Oh, and luckily, I had pulled down the cover and I saw who it was, and I saw his. His parents know he's missing yet. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> did they ever find him again? I could, I don't know how you did it. Home by yourself at like 15 in the basement. Oh, it was splendid. Oh, I'm sure it was. I oh, know I wouldn't have liked it. I'd have crapped myself. We had good parties. I'm, I well, mostly, you know, that wasn't even the highlight for me though, because I love being alone. So being able to live alone and just go play with my horses. I mean, there's that. I could bring the goat back inside because she had been exiled to the barn before you lived with your goat in the house at 15 i mean child protective services would come in <laughs> in 2023 they'd be carting you off we found this poor little girl who had to open a trap door to get to her bed but she was with her goat i mean, I mean there's nothing weird about that callie really totally normal there's, there's probably a reason i didn't have many friends in high school <laughs> they'd be like you're not going home to play with her good lord <laughs> But I did have Matilda. Oh, Matilda the, the goat. And the relationship with um, with Ben, who almost got smashed by the whiskey bottle, was 11 years. So I had some strong relationships. Yeah, you do. And you still do. Mm -hmm. I value our friendship endlessly. Me and too. And our laughter. But I'm not staying another night in this bloody basement. <laughs> well, you got two trapdoors and a window well. To escape. You think I'm going to get my fat ass out that <laughs> tiny little slither of a window? When my parents were home, that's how I got out. <laughs> out of that? Okay, so I'm looking, guys. This isn't a window. It's like an air vent. <laughs> it's an air vent. It, the window itself tiny. was easy, but it was the window well has that metal thing around it. So it was really a squeeze because then the deck goes right over top. So it was really a squeeze to go over top of the metal and under the deck. So you go out the air vent, so in your basement, this is just paint the picture. So you've got your trap door you can't open. Your parents have locked you down here while they've gone off traveling around the world. And then you crawl out through an air vent and shimmy underneath the um, patio to get out and play with your goat. That, that pretty much sums it up. While swigging Jack Daniels. Actually, I think I used that. That escape I used mostly to go and <laughs> to escape in the middle of the night and to sit on my grandfather's horse in his oh. stable. 
because I wasn't allowed to ride him and I didn't have, this was before I had my own horses and I wasn't allowed to ride my grandfather's horse. He had a buggy horse. My grandfather was Amish. So he had him in a stall and he told me that he wasn't trained to be ridden, that he was only trained to pull a buggy, but I didn't believe him, of course. So I went over and I took one of those little ankle weights that you wrap around your foot, like kick in the air. I took one of those and I <laughs> sat it on his back. <laughs> and when he Brilliant. did, and he didn't react. Resourceful. So I thought, well, that proves he's trained to be ridden. He'll be fine. So I crawled up on. What could possibly go wrong? Shut in a stall, getting on a horse that's never been ridden. I have always loved being a teacher. When I was a little kid, I would make these different lectures and classes on obscure topics like equine diseases and lameness. And we're here, Andrea and I are connected because of Horse Class. And Horse Class is my educational company and a community of horse people from countries all around the world that are united by wanting to be the best that we can for ourselves and for our horses. And we publish free videos, free resources, and premium courses in riding tips, in horse training information and inspiration, and also how to take the best possible care of your horse. If you want to learn more, check out our website, horseclass.com. We've got the link in the show notes. We used to do that as kids, actually, We in, in, in Cornwall. We used to, I didn't have my own pony um, to begin with. And we'd find horses in fields and encourage them to come over to the hedges with carrots and then just launch ourselves in the general direction of their back. We had no idea (laughs) if they were like highly strung. You know, you see the kids now, they're coming out and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but you know, they've got their air vests and their helmets and they're just, you know, all the insurance forms are signed. We literally (laughs) were in flip-flops, shorts, and a T-shirt. And we'd be like, come here, come here, bringing him, get him to come over with carrots and literally just jump on, no saddle, no bridle. And actually I did get knocked out. To be fair, it didn't, the success rate was not that high. I was going to ask that. What was the success rate? I'm going to go with 50-50. That's good. I thought it was quite good. What did you consider a success? Staying on. For how long? Eight seconds? Mm, a bit longer, no longer, no like like start to finish. I had high high hopes. Start to finish, several times bucked off, one time knocked out, one time scraped down a wall. That hurt. The hedge that I'd used to try and climb on, I got on. The horse was so mad, and he just ran my legs straight down. And our walls, they call them Cornish stone hedges, and they're like stacked stone. That hurt like buggery. That did, and. Um, it's probably not a politically correct term, but it's something that we use in England a lot, but not the actual literal meaning, obviously. We can edit this out, right? And, um, but there was this one horse that I used to get on and she was really sweet. She'd give me a little ride around the field and she was cute, but yeah, we never got caught. No one ever saw us. I'm not sure anyone really cared. Our parents never knew where we were. I mean, I was teasing you about being home alone, but I mean, you were home alone for weeks on end. Um, But we'd be out all day and we'd literally go miles and miles and miles. And we always thought, oh, no one knows where where we are. But they did. You know, the milkman would 
head on down through the villages. And by the time he got to our village, he'd say, oh, I've seen the kids. They're like eight miles away with, you know, a dog on a piece of string and <laughs> off they go. <laughs> it, we had so much freedom. I'm so glad we grew up when we did. Yeah. Because in this day and age, Callie, if you put horse poo in a big bag and set fire to it on a torch, you'd be in juvie. Probably. Not if you don't get caught. That's the truth of it. And you didn't fess up. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah, I can relate to being very grateful for, for growing up with a childhood that had a lot of freedoms. Like I remember... I remember putting Matilda in my backpack. She was a pygmy goat, so she was really small, especially when she was a baby. Oh, that was a big backpack. <laughs> You're quite tiny, so. <laughs> so I'd put Matilda in the backpack with her head, and she liked her feet out. So she would be like this in the backpack. I would put it on, and then I would ride my bicycle because my grandmother lived three miles from, from our house here. So I would bicycle over there and uh, hang out at Grammy's house. And then I would bicycle back. And then when Matilda got too big to go in the backpack, then she would just run beside me on the bicycle and we'd go over and, and come back. Aww. And it really, it was... That's idyllic. Yeah, I really, I really value having that. Child, I wouldn't but... want to be growing up now. When yeah. I think of the crazy stuff that I've done that would have been on social media, it wouldn't have been good. It probably would have ruined this podcast. It probably would have. People would have searched your name and seen all that. I'm trying to think what's out there now. <laughs> Now I'm worried. <laughs> you are listening to the Grab the Reins podcast with Andrea Wadey. And Kelly King. Welcome aboard. Wait, is it Grab the Reins? We have no idea of the <laughs> own we name. Don't, we don't know what our podcast name is. <laughs> Grab life by the reins. What did I say? Grab the reins. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I ride bridleless. <laughs> the reins. <laughs> You are listening to the Grab Life by the Reins podcast with Andrea Wadey and Callie King. Welcome aboard. Let's ride. Yeehaw. <laughs> okay. Booyaka shout. Chicka ching ching. Ring a ding ding. Okay. <laughs> this poor editor's like, can I go and get a drink now? <laughs> oh my God. What a crack up. What a pair. That was so fun. Saddle up, we ride at dawn. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Reins. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, Join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program.